Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. you guys you're like that is not pastor justin i am not he will be here next week he's taller than me cooler than me he speaks better than me but in the meantime i'm gonna do my best all right so it is so good to see you guys you guys know that you have an awesome church right you have an awesome church so when i get to heaven i'm gonna be able to sing like shannon and preach like justin and have hair like fish i guess i don't know so uh where i'm at so we hope you guys are hope you guys are doing good. My name is Ryan. I um, have I am from Mustang, Oklahoma, and actually I'm from Sand Springs, but I, I live in Mustang now. And so um, I've been a youth pastor there. And now I am an associate pastor. And uh, you know what associate pastor? You know what the abbreviation is for associate pastor, don't you? All right. So you okay? So you just get to handle the whatever stuff comes up. Today is August first. Can you believe that it is August first? It's crazy. I'm glad that it's August 1st, all right? And there's a couple reasons why I'm glad it's August 1st. The first reason is because we're closer to football season, so that's exciting. So I'm not sure if we're chanting SEC or what, but anyways, we'll be doing that. Michael Ballard informed me OSU is going to have a football team again this year, and so I didn't know if you knew that or not. So home of the 1945 national champion. Um, something like that, 50 years later. Um, but the other reason why I'm glad that it is August 1st is because Christmas in July on the Hallmark Channel is over. And so now when I go to bed at night and I'm holding my wife's hand, I get to watch like reruns of The Patriot or Braveheart or something like that instead of the Hallmark Channel. And so um, I'm glad, you might not know that, but it, August 1st should be a holiday just because of, of that right there. But um, speaking of, of my wife, a week ago today, um, in just a few hours, uh, my wife and I, we left and we went on our little trip for our 15th wedding anniversary, all right? So that was exciting, yay, clap for 15 years. And so we got, we were excited. It had been a long time since just the two of us had went anywhere. Most of our conversations involved my son pulling on my right leg, my daughter pulling on my left leg, and a German shepherd licking me, all right? That's just how it is in our house. You know, you don't talk about if you have kids that are young, you're just like, it's crazy. So we were excited, so my parents, who um, live in, they actually live here in town. <laughs> they went to Branson this week and like, hey mom, I'm coming to speak. Okay, well, we're going to Branson. Um, so anyways, they're gone. And so, um, and so they had my kids and so we were at church that day and then we left and we got lunch and it was just awesome. Have you ever just been really excited to go on a trip? You know what I'm talking about? I was really, really excited. So we were going to Dallas. We, uh, we st- we're going down there to stay in hotel and just, just relax and go to the pool and just really not do anything like no plans it was awesome to have no plans so so we leave we leave church we go home um and i walk in and the night before i had got uh, the car gassed up i'm trying to be a good husband the car was all gassed and it was all ready to go and um so we stopped by on we were going to stop by on cue to get snacks on the way out of town. we don't have quick trip in tulsa i miss quick trip we have on cue it's like the great value brand of quick trip. And so anyways, uh, and so 
we get home and then, so I, I loaded my luggage and, and my, this is my wife's suitcase, all right? So it was sitting there and it was open and she was still putting a few things in and so I didn't, I didn't get it and, and so I'm making sure everything's good with uh, the dog. And my wife says to me, she's like, I think before we leave, I'm gonna vacuum a couple of their rooms real quick. Now, men, do your wife, does your wife ever say anything and you're just like, I have, I'm not even gonna ask. After 15 years, I'm like, nothing says we're kicking off vacation like vacuuming a few rooms, all right? So, <laughs> anyways, so I sit down and I'm watching some of the, some of the Olympic stuff and the good, I actually found something when I, that I would be good at in the Olympics while I was, um, it was the guy, you guys watch rowing ever? You know, all the rowing? There's the one guy that just sits at the end of the boat and he has the headphones on, you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that guy? I'm like, how do you, and all his job is to do is to like say inspiring things to the team and like to tell them where to go. It's like, how do you get that job? Keep going, you're almost there, keep going. You know what I mean? I don't know. So anyway, I was like, I could do that, all right? And so, um, so then we get in the car, my wife's like, it's time to go. So we get in the car and we're just having fun. We go to On She, my wife loves peanut M&Ms and she got her, her uh, little like frosty thing. And so we're driving, we are on I-35 going south. We're just having a blast, just listening. You know, we're just listening to fun music and we're singing like Backstreet Boys and Boys to Men, all this kind of fun stuff, going back, you know, remembering, you know, just falling in love again, rekindling this love. And then we get to like the, like to Davis and anybody go to youth camp at Turner Falls in here? Anybody growing up? Okay. So that's, so we were like, we should go, we should stop and go over to Turner Falls. That's where my wife and I met. I was at Turner Falls at youth camp great place to meet your wife. And, um, and so I was actually holding a Frito chili pie in one hand and a Dr. Pepper in the other hand. That's how you know you're about to meet uh, the right person. If you're eating a Frito chili pie and drinking a Dr. Pepper, that's basically what was used for the anointing oil in the Old Testament. I don't know if you know it or not. And so, so we pull off the road. Sorry, I just spit, but no COVID. All right. Um, we pull off the road and, and we're looking at the camp and just kind of reminiscing all the fun stuff. That's where we met, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're having fun. So we get back on and we're like, man, this is just awesome. Like no kids. It's amazing. I'm just heads out the window, air blowing through my hair and all that kind of fun stuff. And we get to, um, we get um, in, into Texas and we are just cross over um, the border into Texas. And my wife looks at me and she says, did you get my luggage? And at that moment, I don't know if you're Pentecostal or not. I don't know if you believe in speaking in tongues. I do. And at that moment, I was using it. All right. And, um, and so I'm like, of course I did, babe. You ever said a question, but you actually ended it with a question mark. And so I'm like, just to be sure, you should get in the back. And I'm like, I know that I did not get that. So I'm like, dear Jesus, I, I would like to thank you for this 15 years of marriage that I've had. Lord, I pray that my next wife will um, not need luggage. And so anyways, we, uh, she gets in the back and she's like, there is no luggage. And I mean, we went from like happy boys to men songs to like, you know, you know, all the makeup songs now. All right. Because this is, this is bad. She's like, I don't, I'm like, we'll just buy everything when we get there. And she started telling me how much like the makeup and everything was. I'm like, okay, we're turning around. And so um, I'm like, babe, but you don't even need makeup. I'm like trying everything, you know, like you're beautiful the way you are. And she's like, well, I need clothes. And I was like, well, I probably did, probably did do that. And so anyways, um, I, I, I experienced something else that maybe some of you husbands have experienced when your wives say nothing, 
You know what I'm talking about? Some of you wives, you know what you're doing. You just say nothing. I called, I called my father-in-law for help, all right, because I, I was like, and he didn't answer. No one answered. I, I, then I was starting to think I missed the rapture, all right, because no one was answering their phone. But my wife was still here. I'm like, nope, we went straight to post-trib, all right? Um, but anyway, so I'm saying, so finally I got a hold of my friend, and my wife is saying nothing. She's like, let's just go home. And I'm like, no, we, we can't. And so my, my, my friend who is our youth pastor, he is, he, he, I said, Riley, I need your help. I'll explain later. I will give you however much money you want me to get on the way home. I'll donate plasma and give you all of it for not the money, not the plasma. Um, and I'll do whatever. And so he starts driving south on 35. I start driving north. And so we finally, I got to him. He gave me the suitcase. And my wife still wasn't like extremely happy. But then we got to the hotel and they had an all-you-can-eat uh, Mexican food, and I acted like I planned that out, and then um, things got better, all right? So Ryan, you're like, what in the world does any of that, thank you, and we're still married, all right? And so you're like, what in the world does any of that have to do with anything that we're talking about today? You've been in a series called Jesus Said What, and we're going to get to one of those stories where it's like, Jesus said what? But here's what I want you to understand. This was my responsibility, all right? And this wasn't something that I have to do. I'm glad that I'm the guy that gets to load Sarah's luggage because that means she's going on a trip with me. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm glad for that. This was, this, it was, but it's my responsibility. So all she said after we got there and she said, can we just make, make sure that we understand that it is your responsibility to load the luggage? Yes, ma'am. All right. And so we want, and I knew that, but it was something that in the excitement, I just overlooked and I kind of forgot. And, and I did not, I did not do what I should have done. And today, here's what I want you to understand. There's three areas that we all have in common, all right? We all have time, we all have talents, and we all have money. And we're gonna read a story in the Bible in Matthew chapter 25. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 25. But in Matthew chapter 25, we're gonna talk about that, how there's things that Jesus has entrusted to all of us. My wife, she put her trust in me that I would get this load. There's just certain things that she doesn't have to worry about. Are oh, the doors locked, right? All that kind of stuff. There's just certain things, and there's certain things that only you can be responsible for. I, I mentioned those three things, our time, our, our talents, our treasures, or our money. Those are the things that, that only you are responsible for today. And today, this is what I want you to ask yourself. This question, we're going to ask it now, and at the end, am I, am I allowing my nothing to get in the way of my something. We all have different time constraints. We all have different talents. We all have different amounts of money, but here's what I want you to ask yourself today. Am I, am I being a good steward of what the Lord has given me? So we're gonna read this parable. This is Matthew chapter 25. And before we get into it, I just want to kind of help you to understand it. It's, it's a parable that probably a lot of you guys have heard before. A parable was simply a story that was used to illustrate a, a moral or a spiritual lesson that, that Jesus wanted us to know. He told a lot of parables. And whenever you're reading a parable, you always need to look for four things. You need to look for the context. You need to look for yourself. You need to look for God in the story. And then you need to look for the lesson. The context of this story is, is going to be about a, a, a manager who, or, or, or a rich person who goes off on a journey. And the reason why the people who were listening to the story would have understand is because it was the custom in the time of Jesus for local leaders to, to travel, especially to go to Rome, 
where they would lobby for power and position. Now, it's not like today when politicians and leaders are just in it for the, because they love people and for the good of people. Back then, they were trying to get, that was supposed to be funny. Back then, they were trying to get power and position. And so they would leave and they would go away. And while they, while they were away, they would put their servants in charge of their money and their possessions. And those servants would um, actually act as stewards on behalf of the owner. And so when we read this story, um, it actually is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And in this story, um, that's the context. There's this manager that's going away. And then you need to look for yourself in this story. We're the servants. God is actually, when we look for God, he is, he's the manager. He's the, he's the owner that's going away. And then the lesson is going to be that God rewards faithfulness and fruitfulness. So understanding those things, I want to read this. I want to read this to you says this in Matthew chapter 25. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. So Jesus is about to illustrate the kingdom of heaven by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five, some, some versions say bags of silver, some say talents. I'm going to say talents. If I say bags of silver, silver it's just because I'm, I'm uh, this is what this says here. But he gave five talents to one two talents to another and one talent to the last dividing it in proportion to their abilities he then left on his trip the servant who received the five talents began to invest the money and earn five more the servant um, the servant with the two talents of, uh, with the two talents also went to work and earned two more but the servant who received the one talent dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money after a long time, everybody say long time. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. So right here, if this is about the kingdom of heaven, what I want you to know is that there will be a day that we all give an account for what we do with our time, for what we do with our talent, and what we do with our treasure. And in light of that, that should influence the way that we spend those three things. That should influence how much we take care of and how much we value and how much we want to make sure we're being a good steward of what God has given us. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of, of, of his, how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five talents came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five talents to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the, the two talents came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So as you'll see, it's, it's, the same, it's the same response to both of these people. Now there's the last one. Then the servant with the one talent came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. I dug a hole, put it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied this, and this is the part where you're like, Jesus said, what? The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money 
or take the talents from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 talents. To those who use it well, what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would be with me as I speak. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand your word. In your name we pray. And everybody said? The question today that I have for you is how have you been handling what doesn't belong to you but has been entrusted to you while the owner is away? Well, Ryan, what do you mean? Well, listen, Jesus was born. He died on a cross. Three days later, he rose. 40 days after that, he ascended into heaven. And on this, and in this story on chapter 14 and 15, when it says that the master went on a long trip, Jesus has been gone for over 2000 years. And that is a long trip. But what I want you to understand is this, is there is a day that he is coming back. There is a day that he will come and he will settle his accounts. A lot of times we can think, well, it's been a long time, but there is a day that we will stand before God. Either God will come back, we will pass on this earth, and we will give an account for the way that we have handled our time, our talent, and our treasure. And today I want you, again, how are you handling what has been entrusted to you? Not how are you handling this suitcase, which somebody, please make sure, Pastor Michael, after third service, I don't want to leave it here, all right? So make sure I get home with this. But how are you handling the things that God has entrusted with you? Because just like in verses 14 and 15, it says that he's gone away. One of these days, verses 19 will happen for you and it will happen for me. And that is this, we will give an account. And so as I read this story, there's a couple things that I notice, and I just want to point out to you. Because what my, my prayer for you and my prayer for me, my prayer for my church, my prayer for your church, is that each and every one of you will become people who God can trust with little and be able to give you more. You are getting ready to step here in a few months. You're going to be stepping into a new building with new opportunity. You're going to be stepping into a season of more. And my prayer is this, and my, my encouragement is don't wait till one day, but start using what you have. If, you, if you're saying, I'm going to wait till we get to that new church. Listen, if you wait till you get to the new church, you'll have new excuses there, that, just like you have excuses here. Don't wait for one day, but say today, what is it that God has given me? What is it that I can do? What's what is a talent? What is a time? You saw the video announcements. You're like, I don't have anything. I have a cool backyard. Great. Then you are qualified to be a connect group leader, right? What is it that you can do that God can use that God can use? The first thing you have to realize though, is this is you have to realize life is not fair. I say this all the time. If life was fair, I'd have hair. I don't. All right. Life isn't fair. And the more that I think about this, can I just say, I'm glad that Jesus isn't fair because if Jesus was fair, he would not have been sent to a cross to die for my sins. Think about that. Life is not fair. One of these guys gets five talents. One of these guys gets two talents. And one of them gets one talent. I can tell that I am getting older, all right? I'm 38 years old. Some of you are like, I thought you were 50. Well, thank you. Um, I am 38 years old and I'm starting to realize I'm getting older because I, when I'm driving down the road in my truck, talking to my son, I'm starting to use this phrase a lot. All right. Back in my day. All right. I'm like, oh my gosh, when I turn into my dad. All right. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And so like, we're bored. Give me the phone. No, back in my day, we played tic-tac-toe till the, you know, chips and queso came. All right. Whatever in the restaurant. And, um, <laughs> 
But I was thinking about this the other day. In, in our world, we want everything to be fair. I, I, this, I noticed this a couple years ago. I live in Mustang, and so I go to the Mustang. It's homecoming night, so everybody's there. And we're at the football game. And back in my day, when it came to homecoming, there was like five girls up for homecoming queen, and there was a kissing captain. There was like three cheerleaders that all the football players thought were the prettiest, and then, the, and then two managers that like handed you water, right? And so those were the people that were up for homecoming queen, and then, then you would vote. This night, I'm like, why is homecoming starting so early this year? And I get there, and there's like 30 contestants, all right? It's like from one end to the other, and this is sweeping the nation. You, you, you even notice in schools now, there's not like one valedictorian, you know what I mean? There's like 47 of them. Right? Because why? Because everything has to be fair. Well, life isn't fair. I was thinking about this. You're like, I'm the best football player at my school. Well, I, I looked this up. There's about 3.7 million kids that will graduate from high school this year from about 30 different high schools. That means that there's about 30,000 different starting quarterbacks, 30,000 different first chairs, 30,000 homecoming queens. All right. So 30,000 head cheerleaders. There, there are 6.8 billion people in the world. So even if your husband looks at you and says, babe, you're one in a million, you need to understand there's about 700,000 just like you. <laughs> And my wife would say, and one of them would have remembered my luggage. No. So when we read this, I don't want us to get hung up on the fact that somebody got five and somebody got two and somebody got one. In fact, some of you today, you're like, I feel like I'm the one. Well, I feel like I'm the two. I don't know why the one, the guy who got the one didn't do anything with it. But he went and he dug a hole. His excuse mentioned the word fear in it. Maybe he was afraid. I think there's a chance that he was like, hmm, you get five, I get two. He goes home. His mom's mad. She writes a letter to the principal, right? <laughs> I'm not going to be a homeroom member anymore, right? Writes a letter to the coach. Why is my son not playing shortstop? Whatever it is. I think that there's a really good chance that he started comparing what he got to everybody else. What is a talent anyway? When you understand what a talent is, it kind of helps you understand some things. A talent was 20 years worth of wages. That's a lot of money. So I looked it up, and as of the other day when I was getting ready for this, it says the average yearly salary for a person in the United States is about $35,000 a year. So that means that the person who got five talents got three, had $3.5 million in today's money entrusted to them, 20 years worth of, of, of wages. This, the guy with the two talents had $1.4 million uh, entrusted to him. Well, that's a lot of money. So even if you're the one that's feeling sorry for yourself that only got one, that still means that you had $700,000 entrusted to you. I'll take that chance, all right? Anybody here, you're like, I could try to work with that, all right? You know what I'm talking about? I'd go get some Dr. Pepper at Quick Trip, I'd spend it on that, and I'd go get a steak, and then I'd put the rest of it to work, all right? So here we go. So Ryan, what is your, what is your, what is your point? My point is this. I know that life's not fair, but all of you have something to work with. You all have something to work with. Don't compare what you have to somebody else. If you compare and compete, you will live in defeat. I, whenever I was, I was, one day I was talking to our Sunday school class, our small group, and uh, sorry, it's not Sunday school, it's small group, it sounds cooler. And, um, and so we were talking, and I mentioned our, our, how my wife and I were going to go on a three-day anniversary trip, married 15 years, and one of my friends said, you better do something special, don't go to Dallas or something. And I was like, actually, I just booked the hotel in Dallas, all right? 
And so now he's one of my friends and he was just joking around. But, but I want you to think about that. That really kind of, when we were going home, I'm like, babe, is that okay? Like, I'm sorry that we're not going to like, I don't know, some, somewhere you need a passport. All right. And, and, and we got down. Can I just tell you this? We had so much fun on this trip once we got the luggage and my wife was, had Mexican food. All right. We had, we had a great trip for a few moments there. I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Right. But we had a phenomenal trip. And, I, and on the way home, we were talking, like, we want to come back and do this again. And I said, you know what, sir? Isn't it crazy to think that we almost canceled this? And I almost canceled it just because I thought, well, this isn't fair. In, or this isn't, this isn't as cool as whatever. And that same friend is in Hawaii right now. And I'm glad they're in Hawaii. And, but but I'm just, what I'm saying to you is, you know what? That's great. They're in Hawaii. That'd be awesome. But um, they don't have Mexican food in Hawaii. <laughs> or maybe they do. I don't know. I was just trying to make myself feel better. But... <laughs> But I had just as much fun. And what was the point of the trip? The point of the trip was to go and have fun with my wife. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm like, you can't compare and compete. The other day, I, I got a, last December, I got a new truck. And by new truck, I mean a four-year-old truck, all right? But it was a lot nicer. I had a 2009 uh, truck with like 300,000 miles on it. I was like, I told my wife, I'm going to drive it until it completely falls apart. And so we found out how far that was because it fell apart. <laughs> and so I, I got this new truck. And so I was outside. This is literally two weeks ago. I was outside on a Saturday. I'm washing, and I'm just so excited about my truck and I'm washing it. And it's really, it's just, I'm excited about it. And so it's going to look so good with dead deer in it, the back of it in here in a few months. You know, any deer hunters in the place? All right. All right. You guys like, you're not like vegan. Okay. never mind. Um, and so, if you are, that's great. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'm washing this truck, and, and I don't know how you wash your truck, but where I live in Mustang, we're highly sophisticated. So we take a garden hose, and we go like this, and then we take a bottle of Dawn soap, and we go like that. You know what I'm talking about? And you just, you get the soap, and then you wash it. And I'm like, yeah, and so this is, this is really cool. So I go in, and I wash my truck, and I sit down at the table, and my wife, I, I was scrolling through something on Instagram, and I have... And I, listen, I'm ex- I love my truck, all right? It's like my wife, my truck, my dog, my kids. I mean, it's like that order, you know? And so I'm just joking. Um, and, and, and so I'm sitting there, and, and I'm still in this high because I love my truck. I'm, I, I never thought I'd have, like, this is a nice truck for me. And, and I sit there, and, and one of my friends has on Instagram, look at my new fogger that I got to wash my car. Okay, well, he's washing, I don't know, there's these cheap cars. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're called Range Rovers. And... Um, and, and poor guy. And so he's washing his Range Rover with um, this fogger thing. I don't even know what it is, all right? It's like this fogger thing, and the whole thing is just covered in soap. And it's like this really fancy fogger thing that you, you wash your car with, and it is really cool. So I want you to understand what, what comparison does, all right? His Range Rover, my F-150, all right? His fogger, completely, and I'm sitting there with a water hose and a bottle of Dawn soap, like this. All right. Well, what do you think about my fogger, dude? All right. And you know what God told me? It's like God whispered, isn't it funny how quickly you start comparing? And now what you were so excited about just a few minutes ago, now you're kind of bummed out about. And social media makes it even worse, doesn't it? Okay. Don't compare your life to the highlight reel of somebody else. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm saying this. I think there's a chance that that guy dug a hole because he was all upset because he didn't have five or he didn't have two. He only had one. And what I want want you to understand today is this. Rejoice and find gladness in the fact that life is not fair because if life was fair, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take that. Life isn't fair. But you know what? I love my truck. I love my wife. I had a great time on my anniversary trip, and that's all 
that matters. The second thing is this. Realize life isn't fair and take advantage of every opportunity. Take advantage of every opportunity. The servant who received the, the five talents began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with the two talents also went to work and earned two more, but the servant who received the one talent dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. A lot of times opportunity is missed by a lot of people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. Students in here this year, when you go back to school, don't just see it as homework. See it as an opportunity to learn something. When am I ever going to use this again? I remember one time as a youth pastor, we were trying to figure out how far the light had to shine from there to here. And I'm like, the Pythagorean theorem. I'm actually going to use this for one time in my life. All right. But here's the thing, students. Quit asking yourself, am I ever going to use this again? And listen, I'll tell you what you, you will use again. That's the discipline to do it. Right. So go ahead and start. Quit, quit. If you look at those lights and you look down at your paper, you can't see anything. All right. <laughs> quit seeing your mom as some lady that's just nagging you and understand that it's, it's a gift that God gave you. There's lots of people who would love to have a mom or a dad and, and learn to submit to their authority, right? Um, quit looking as, oh, got to go to church again. No, this is an opportunity to come and to hear, hear from God. Quit seeing as your devotional life is something you just got to check the box as your wife says you should, or you feel like you should. No, it's an opportunity to get alone with God and to hear from him. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm saying, what, is there any area of your life that you are seeing something as an obligation instead of an opportunity? Because when you see something as an obligation, it's not going to be near as fun and you're not going to get near as much out of it as if you see it as an opportunity. An owner has rights, but a steward has responsibility. And in this story, what you need to understand is everything that you're given and everything you have, it's not yours. It's something that God gave you. And you have the responsibility to be a steward of that. I really believe that sometimes we don't see God do the supernatural because our job is to do the natural and he does the super. And if we don't do the natural, then he can't put the super on the natural. I really believe that with all of my heart. In Proverbs 21, 31, it says this, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Sometimes I believe God is waiting on you to do the basics so that he can reward you. The other day I was talking to this guy. He's like, man, I have a girlfriend or a wife. I'm 25. I'm like, well, maybe it's because you don't have a job, right? Start with that. Then maybe God will be able to trust you with the other thing. So stewardship is using God-given resources to accomplish God-given goals. The opportunities. It's not just a, uh, it's not an obligation. That's an opportunity to use what you have to point somebody to Jesus. The third thing is this, embrace the process. Embrace the process. The servant who had received the five talents of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with the two talents went to work and earned two more. The servant who received the one talent dug a hole and after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used the money. Embrace the process. It says that the master was gone for a long time. I want you to listen to the words, the, ad, the, 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 the verbs that describe what the different people with the different talents did, all right? The verbs that describe um, the person with the five is this word, invest. 
It says that he invested. He quickly took the five and he invested it. Invest means to expend money with the expectation of achieving a profit. That means that he knew I'm investing. Do you, got, you know that it takes a long time. If you're going to invest, the best thing you have on your side is you need money, but the best thing you can have is what? It's time. What, what is, what is, what is, the, is there anything that you're doing that you feel like that you're investing in and you're just not getting there? It's because you have to trust the process. The words that describe the one with two is, is work. And he earned two more work and earning work is activity involving mental or physical effort in order to achieve a purpose or a result. So here's my question. Are you working and investing your time and your talent and your treasure to expand the resources that God has entrusted with you. You got to embrace the process. Well, it's not happening right now. Well, you know what? It's because you have to trust the process. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You know how you can't enjoy the process if you do nothing. There was no process. When the guy who had the one, when he dug a hole and he put his talent in there and he covered it back up, that's the same as you walking into church every week, you sitting here doing nothing and just leaving. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm saying, what are you doing with what God has given you? There's a process that comes along with it and it's going to go, well, Ryan, I'm not, I'm not very good at anything. I can't even do anything. Can you shake someone's hand? Can you hold a door for someone? Ryan, what do you mean? Because there are so many times at church, I see visitors walk in, new people to our church, people who need Jesus. Their kids need Jesus. Their marriage needs Jesus. But you know what they need even more than that? They need to know where just to even take their kids in the first place so they can go and sit in the sanctuary and even hear from God. Ryan, that seems really, really simple. No, it is really, really simple. And we have awesome greeters at our church and you have awesome greeters at your church who helps, they smile at someone and they help them get where they need to go so they can hear. God. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm saying it could be something as simple as that. What do you have? What are you giving God to work with? Don't let your nothing get in the way of your something. Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And the fourth thing that I see when I read this story is this. God expects fruitfulness and rewards faithfulness. I want you to listen to what he says. Because yes, one had five and one had two, but his words to them are, are the same. So the, to the servant who had entrusted the five talents came forward, and this is why he says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And to the one who got two, the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. They had a different talent level, but both of them had their talents doubled. They were blessed according to their faithfulness. Speaking of comparing, I think sometimes we make a mistake when we resent someone's blessing without considering someone's faithfulness. Because we can sit there and we can, we can, well, who do they think they are? And you might not understand what they went through to get what they have. And you might not understand what God is able to trust getting through them. Then there was the last servant, the one with the, the one bag, the one talent. And he said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. And look, here is your money back. The first thing I want to point out to you 
is I think that's a pretty poor representation. Just, just because That's not a very good description of God. I think that this guy, number one, was afraid. Number two, I think he made excuses. But number three, I don't think he understood, he really understood who the master was. When I read that, I thought of this. If something is important to you, you will find a way. <clears throat> what did he do? He sat there and he told the master all these excuses. If something's important, you'll find a way. If it's not important, you will find an excuse. You know the most important thing I did on that trip? is I looked at my wife and I didn't blame her. I said, you're right, it's, that was my fault. <laughs> I should have got your luggage. And I took ownership of it and we, we made it happen. Because you don't need to make excuses. If I fell as a steward when I do nothing, I fell as a steward when I do nothing with what God has given me. I fell as a steward when I decide that easier is better. I fell as a steward when I give in to fear and start making excuses. Is it possible that someone here today is saying this? I'm going to wait until I have more and then I'm going to start tithing. Well, it, the only problem with that is when you get more, it's harder. When the zeros start adding and the decimal places start changing, it gets harder. <clears throat> and the whole point of this is you've been faithful with what? Little. Now I'm going to give you more. Man, once my kids are grown, <clears throat> I'm going to have time to serve. No, when your kids are grown, then, then you're going to have grandkids. <laughs> and then you're going to have other things. Well, if I ever win the lottery, well, you're probably not. All right. <laughs> Don't waste your money on the tickets. Just get a Dr. Pepper and milk duds. It's better. Ryan, what are you saying today? What I'm saying is this is, is God expects fruitfulness and he rewards faithfulness. And quit comparing yourself to other people and look at what you have. God, God doesn't care. He knows what you have. He's, he's waiting for you to do something with what you have. I'm not talking about what you're going to do one day. I'm talking about what you're going to start doing today. I really think the biggest issue with the guy who had the one talent is I don't think he really knew God. I don't think he really knew God's priorities. I don't really think he knew his heart. Well, Ryan, why do you say that? Because Matthew 6, 9, 6, 19 says this. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eats them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will be also. How do you know what's important to you? Where's your time? Where's your talent and where's your treasure? For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And I just want you to know, you fail as a steward when you do nothing with what God has given you. And we've already came to the conclusion that God has given us all something. I'm gonna ask Shannon to come up here. The part of this story that really kind of makes it kind of be like Jesus said, what is, is whenever... In this parable, Jesus is talking to the, to the last one. He says, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if, I, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10. And then it says this, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness 
where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That sounds a lot like hell. I don't think that this servant was thrown into hell because you don't, uh, you're not thrown into hell based off of, off of what you do. You can't earn your salvation. It's, it's something that's free. But what I do believe this is I do believe that, that in this story, Jesus is telling a parable and it's, he says the kingdom of heaven is like, and I do believe this, I do believe that if you can be faithful with a few things, God is going to give you more. But I also believe this. I also believe that what he's telling us is, listen, I've gone away and there's going to be a, day, be a day that I come back and you're going to give an account. And one of these days you will be held responsible. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is a phrase referring to great regret. And I think, and I think this, that there will definitely be people in hell with weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible describes that. Why? Because I think hell is going to be a place of great regret. But there was also weeping and gnashing of teeth in Gainesville, Texas, when I discovered I did not have this piece of luggage. Why? Because I wasn't going to Gainesville. We were going to Dallas. And when I didn't have this, it was weeping and gnashing of teeth, and it was a lot of regret. And in that moment, I could have quit. I could have just turned around and went home. And for sake of argument, I could have put all the plans we had and dug a hole and just put them in there and said we forgot it. But here's the thing, Jesus hasn't came back yet, but he's going to. You haven't given an account yet, but you're going to. For some of you in here, you say, well, Ryan, when I think about this, my time, my talent, my treasure, I have regrets. Yeah, so do I. But I would, I would, I would encourage you with this. Yes, the first part of that trip, it really stunk, all right? That two hours time period, it really stunk. But when we got off the road and we turned around and we went back, and then I was handed this suitcase and we got in. Can I tell you, from that point on, it got a lot better. There's some of you today, you don't like the road you're headed on and you realize you don't have what you need, but can I just encourage you with this? Don't keep going, stop, repent, ask God to help you and say, God, I wanna start taking advantage of the things that you have given me. I don't think the last servant really knew God the Bible says that not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. Wherever you're at and whatever you have, I want you and God wants you. And I know Pastor Justin wants you to actually do the will of your Father in heaven. Now I want to ask you this question. Are you letting your nothing get in the way of your something in any area. Fathers, the way that we father our children, our children, are we allowing our nothing to get in the way of our something? The way that we're being a husband to our wives, are we allowing our anything to get in the way? The way that we're leading our, our family, the way that we're, the way, the way that we're serving, what, whatever it is, serving in church, are you allowing your nothing to get in the way of your something? I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. Today, if there's anyone that's here and you would say, Ryan, I actually, um, I actually haven't asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. I want to, I want to do that. I know that he's given me some things. I know that I've been entrusted, but I don't even know if I could call him master right now because I haven't asked him to actually be the Lord of my life. If that's you today, 
with all the heads bowed and the eyes closed, would you raise your hand? You say, Ryan, I want to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand today? The last thing we're going to do today is this. Pastor Shannon is going to sing through this chorus. And I want you to ask God. You might be sitting with your spouse, holding your hand or sitting with your parents, but I want this to be a personal thing between you and Jesus. I want you to ask Jesus today this question. Am I being a good steward of what you have given me? You might feel like you're the person with five. You might feel like you're the person with two. You might feel like you're the person with one. That's not the point. The point is, are you being a good steward of what God has entrusted you? So God, I pray right now in this moment, Lord, as Shannon sings, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God. If there's someone here, Lord, that, that isn't quite doing what you would have them to do, God, I pray that you, would, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would help them to make a change, Lord, and help us to be the stewards that you've called us to be. We ask these things in your name. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.